Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hola, Ben. Hey, Fernando and Travis Irvine, reporting live from Cleveland, Ohio. Greetings from Cleveland, Ohio, gentlemen. What's up, guys? How was your January 6th? How did you spend it? Were you glued to the TV? <sighs> I cried. <laughs> I mourned our country. Did you really? <laughs> Interesting times indeed. We'll talk a little bit about the media coverage when it comes to Jan 6. You would think we live in multiple different realities. I think it's because <laughs> in the minds of many, we do. We'll talk about One American News. How do they cover it? Thank you, AT&T. Don't forget AT&T. If you're if if AT&T is your carrier, you're complicit in Marjorie Taylor Greene spitting hard lies on One America News. Isn't it ironic? They're One America News, but yet they see America in multiple factions, almost like a shattered, like a um, like what do you call those things? You look in it, right? Kaleidoscope. A kaleidoscope. Mm. Thank you, smart person, Ooh. Fernando. We'll also talk the filibuster. And we will discuss a little bit about what's going on with immigration and immigrants in our detention centers. Anyone who says Biden's soft on immigrants, mm, my nice. friend, he's rock hard for them. <laughs> and they are incarcerated. So we're going to talk about that. And let's start talking this January 7th, going on to the 8th, going on to the 9th. Perhaps it's January 10th when you're listening. <gasps> Everything is still relevant. Right. Don't worry about it. Ted Cruz is still a bitch. Isn't this amazing? (laughs) Ted Cruz grovels to Tucker. Now, Tucker, he used to wear his bow tie, and I kind of liked Tucker on Crossfire as he and Paul Begala, and they would argue on CNN. That was when CNN and television news, it tried to pretend like it was mildly not full of lies. But today, the veneer is gone, much like the WWE. (laughs) We know it's kayfabe. We know it's performance art. And we know it's all total and utter BS. Speaking of BS, Ted Cruz tweeted out discussing January 6th. He called the insurrectionists. Anyone who doesn't want to call them insurrectionists, I'm sorry. You're being rude to the people who stormed the Capitol because they refer to themselves as insurrectionists. So don't be rude to them. (laughs) I believe people when they tell me who they are. And I say, you know what? You're going to storm the Capitol. You're going to try to overthrow a free and fair election. You want to try to hang the vice president who is going to go forward with said free and fair election. You call it you call it an insurrection. You call yourself a freedom fighter. You're an insurrectionist. Mm-hmm. Own it, love it, and you know, 
write a book. I'm sure you can self-publish and make a little bit of cash. Ted Cruz on Tucker. Ted, we're I know you're with us, Ted. Hey, <laughs> hey there, hey there, hey there, man. Good to be with you. Please don't yell at me the way Tucker did. <laughs> yes, indeed. A wonderful Ted Cruz. In no way is this an impression from Travis Irvine. Ted Cruz is actually. No, nope, nope, no way. No way. My wife is ugly. My dad killed JFK. Good to be with you. <laughs> Good to be with you as well, Ted. Um, so you called everyone on January 6th, rightfully so. You called them terrorists. I mean, technically, they are treasonous and other countries. You could be hung in the town square for doing what they did, including Donnie himself. Uh, but then you walked it back after Tucker yeah. kind of scolded you a little bit there. I know Tucker, he's got the golden tongue and perhaps the lashing was a little bit too much for you to handle. Uh, do you want to, I mean, now that you're talking with me, um, do you want to walk back your apology to Ted Cruz and call them terrorists once again, because you're in a different media outlet now. And I know you tend to change your opinion depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> that is true. And sometimes I just do uh, fun impressions and stories from uh, my favorite movie, The Princess Bride. But uh, you <laughs> know what? true. I'm not going to walk back my T word at all. I did wow. this. Look, man, man yes. I did this because it was a year of Democrats and the media twisting words and trying to say that all of us were terrorists. So I was just, you know, I was just having fun playing along. Right. And of course, Ted, perhaps I remember um, before people broke into the Capitol and attempted to, uh, you know, kiss some of our more beautiful Congress people. You gave a fiery speech about how the election was stolen, about how the election uh, wasn't fair <laughs> and free, how everyone should have the right to be upset. Of course, you have the right to be upset. You don't have the right to storm the Capitol. But, you know, everyone has the uh, right to their own opinion about what happened on January 6th. But you, sir, gave a very fiery speech during the moment that was supposed to be, you know, kind of a, uni a unifying moment for the country. That's what this event usually was, where people get together and they say, yes, we validate the election, the will of the people, regardless of our political party, the will of the people is paramount. But you gave a fiery speech in any way. Do you feel complicit in what happened on January 6th? And perhaps that's why you said that they were terrorists. Well, you may recall January 6th, 2021. I gave a very fiery speech. That's right, Ben. I would call it Texas Chili Five Stars. Woo! Alex Jones approved fiery speech. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say that, yes, I challenged the Arizona certification of the votes from the state of Arizona. That was me. Uh -huh. I knew in my heart of hearts that that would lead us to a three-hour debate in which I knew people would then storm the Capitol. I had to step away from that. Once they actually did that and almost destroyed the place. And so that's why I changed that. And that's why I'm just all over the place. Hell, you know what? Actually, I got to go to Cancun. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being here, Ted. Enjoy Cancun. I would love to see Ted Cruz butt ass naked except for his leather boots uh, just swimming in a pool. Wouldn't that hey, hey, be that, nice? That's for Heidi only. That's for Heidi's that's for Heidi. face only. That's right. It is amazing that you defend Donald so much despite the fact he did call your wife a hog woman, oh, but nonetheless. God. So the way the media covered it yesterday was fascinating to see in real time. Of course, again, the different realities and the whataboutism. Tucker, speaking of the aforementioned and Hannity and uh, Laura Ingram, these, uh, you know, fake religious zealots, they focused mostly on riots uh, when it came to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. They talked about other things that were occurring in America at the time. Again, not validating. Um 
what why? happened on yeah. January 6th or discussing the reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, those rallies or protests or riots, whatever the hell you want to call what they became. Of course, the peaceful protests to begin with. And then mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, what happened with certain elements. Um, also, I think COVID had a lot to do with that. Oh, no one talks about that when it comes to like, you know, what happened in Minneapolis. People were, were ready to pop off. At this point, the lockdowns were in full effect. People were very upset. All they needed was an excuse. And of course, the 10 minute video of George Floyd being murdered by Derek Chauvin uh, was more than enough to uh, get people out in the streets. And then, of course, um, once that occurs, there were certain elements uh, that also took hold. It is what it is. None of that has anything to do with January 6th. And, of course, for the right wing to say, well, January 6th did happen, but look at all this other stuff that also occurred. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the reality, and it just makes everything extremely difficult to solve because, again, just because other incidents of mass violence have occurred doesn't mean that this incident of a mass violent of mass violence didn't occur and uh, that's exactly what they were trying to play as in yeah sure they stormed the capitol sure they tried to like you know urinate on a whole series of (sighs) on uh on, on jerry nadler's desk which would not be the first time that jerry nadler's desk had urine on it it's but remember what happened in minnesota gives a shit we're not talking about that right now. To me, when you watch uh, Tucker, Tucker now with a tie, because I didn't, it didn't. He click got to, the money. He had, he had the bow tie yeah, for a long time. Yeah, it didn't click to me. Now long he wears time. a tie, and so he's like, he's browner now. He's bronzer. He wears a tie. He's serious now. That orange look has really <laughs> taken over, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's really big at Fox. I know. It's really big. At it Fox. is big, and I know the makeup people at Fox, and they're lovely. The makeup people at Fox are incredible. The hair and makeup, those are the those are the people that make it all work. And they know everything. They know all the hot goss. That's appropriation. What's Honestly, that? them being trying to look brown. Yeah, I, you think I'm so? offended. That's appropriation. They're trying to look like my golden olive brown skin or whatever, Ben. Well, to be honest <laughs> with you, Fernando, I don't think that was their intention. Uh, I think they want to look like Trump, maybe. And I think it pops off the screen. But but maybe. what what I was gonna try and say is that <laughs> I what when give they me talk, the Fernando when, when Pamela <laughs> make me look like Fernando from Abel and Stop It. Yeah, you know yeah. that's. Do it. Do it. It's beautiful. You guys will you'll love the sun. Anyways, Ted, when they talk, have you if you've never I watch a lot of YouTube and they oh. talk they have to talk in a very specific way because of demonetization. Like there's certain words you can't use on YouTube because you'll lose all your funding. Like you can't yeah, say YouTube's, suicide, you can't, you can't say, murder. say suicide. Yeah, that you have to bleep it out. Or you You're gonna bleep out the word suicide? Yeah, you'll get demonetized. So what? that's yeah, or they say the S word. That's how What's, I felt like oh, that really? conversation that Tucker and Ted were having. They they wouldn't even say terrorism. They say it the T word. It's yeah. like what kind of like you know how scared are you of what you're Ted especially you're you actually have political power. Tucker is just some talking head. You, you actually know, have political power, but you're afraid and you say the T word. Yeah, and then the wild thing there is that both Ted and Tucker are also T words. <laughs> it's all T words. It's all Travis also a T word. Travis so, is also yeah, a T word. I'm guilty T-word. too. I'm guilty. And of course, uh, so is treason. The ultimate T word here that we are discussing because there is no denying that the people that committed those acts on January 6th uh, were committing an act of treason and anyone who loves this country mm-hmm. you know me i love this goddamn country i bleed red and then occasionally i'll put some white in there and i'll <laughs> put a dra- i'll put a drop of blue <laughs> uh, but i mostly do just bleed red yeah 
but it is unbelievable uh, that one year after what happened, we can't have a consensus in this country that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. That's right. all. Yep. That's all that we need to talk about. And the fact that we can't have that consensus is um, is triggering another T word when it comes to <laughs> um, concerns of our democratic process. Of course, Jimmy Carter, if you had a chance to read the Jimmy Carter op-ed, um, I don't think he wrote it himself. I think that he gar- garbled it out of his mouth. <laughs> Someone else wrote it. I love Jimmy Carter, of course. Um but it was uh, it was powerful, I think. And for Jimmy Carter, someone uh, you know who saw his own adversity as president and someone who has a long history now of being a former president, someone who understands the humility of loss mm. and how to properly handle it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that he uh, he did a good job in that op ed just discussing. I, I, again, I think it was a little bit uh, it was. It was a very concerned article or op-ed, but some of the things that he mentioned were certainly truthful and things that we have to watch out for, again, such as not allowing what we once thought was just things that happen in Russia to happen here when it comes to just lack of faith in our voting process. And one of the reasons that we have a lack of faith in our voting process is because we haven't been able to pass voter rights. And I think that's one of the problems when we see, again, what happened in Georgia, despite the fact that Donald Trump hates Brian Kemp now. Um, When it comes to voting rights in this country, we do need to ensure that every single person, one person, one vote. That's how this thing is supposed to be set up. And the idea that this is... Somehow, anything that is meant to be contested is completely unconstitutional. I understand at first the Constitution was written, and basically it just provided all of the wonderful things that it mentions for white dudes, Mm -hmm. and that was it. But okay, the franchise has been given out now. We have to have everyone is uh, entitled to the franchise, of course, as, as it always should have been. But what's going on right now with voter rights, what's going on right now in the Senate, sort of lies in the backdrop of what occurred one year ago on January 6th when it comes to a consensus of people in this country who feel disenfranchised. And the people who are truly disenfranchised were not the people there on January 6th. Absolutely not. They were the ones, they are beyond, fran- they are. They believe that they are so part of the franchise they can go and sit <laughs> in the seat of a senator and say, now I'm senator. And again, that's <laughs> yeah. not the way it works. So there are people in this country whose voices are not being heard, and that's why I do believe that we need to do something a little bit more extreme to be able to pass voting rights in this country, and that brings us to the filibuster. So Mm. what do you guys think this is the biggest story or one of the biggest stories going forward? I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it kind of strikes me as important in this case. What do you guys think? When it comes to the filibuster, right now you need a 60-vote threshold. All um, Schumer needs, Chuck, all he needs is 50 votes plus Harris, and he'll be able to get rid of the filibuster. However, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have both said that they would not vote to remove the filibuster. So I want to talk about this in a little bit more of a nuanced way because there are progressives who say, we got to get rid of it, we have to pass voter rights. Heard, understood. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are people, near futurists, perhaps, who are concerned if the Republican Party takes over in 2022 or, uh, you know, 2024, 
2026. What do they do if there's no safety gap with the filibuster? So is it so I guess the question is, are voting rights now paramount over future issues when it comes to the Republican Party passing legislation that might have devastating effects for millions and millions and millions of Americans, any middle class American, anyone who's not part of the corporate overlord system? What do you guys think? Is it time to get rid of the filibuster to pass voting rights, pass Build Back Better? And does that positive outcome outweigh a potential negative outcome if the Republican Party takes over and next thing you know, you know, we're all in God knows what what other form of late stage crony capitalism, uh, how how much worse can uh, can it truly get? It's it's almost impossible already to have a small business. Right. Well, it's a very large debate. It's a very nuanced debate, like you pointed out. Um, currently, yes, the the Democrats barely have a majority. And again, you've got Manchin and Cinema in the is, middle of the road. I have to ask you, Travis, what is Kirsten Cinema? Like what happened? Like wasn't she supposed to be a progressive with Manchin? I'm like, okay, Joe, you your big coal. He's West Virginia. <laughs> right. His political uh life is a bizarre one i think that he again is feeling butthurt i think they i think he doesn't like to be yelled at and i think they yelled at joe and he says you don't yell at joe manchin and i think he's been a little bitch um but when it comes to cinema she was actually protest she she uh she told all of us what a progressive she was i don't understand what's going on with her what is her coalition well, that's that's the thing. I mean, a lot of the progressive House Democrats are very frustrated with her as well. You know, during the whole Build Back Better debate and negotiations, they were just actively being like, well, what do you want? What are what do you want to, right. to vote yes on this? And she wouldn't really tell them. It reminds me of uh, one of the, the better Bill Maher jokes we heard in the last year was, is oh she my bisexual God. or just undecided? You know what I mean? She's that's just not a good of, Bill Maher joke. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good Bill Maher joke being Bill <laughs> Mark jokes are generally bad. So there you go. Unless our friend Nick Batterot's writing them, then they're Nick Batterot. He's a wonderful that, writer for Bill. But you're absolutely right. That is the case. And keep in mind the two other Democrats who are kind of hanging on by a thread are your two uh, new senators from Georgia. Okay. They won in runoff elections. They're only in there for two years each right now. They have to defend their seats as well, I believe, this year, 2022, since oh. they technically won in 2020. Okay. So then you're looking at if if Republicans can win in Georgia, then you're looking at Chuck Schumer going back to being a minority leader, and then you still don't have your mansion and cinema votes. That's why they are trying oh, no. to push for ending the filibuster now. And that's the general argument I'm hearing from progressives and Democrats who are in favor of this. If we don't protect voting rights now, we may never be in charge of the Senate ever again. And I think that is what the that is where the the urgency comes from. Urgency, sure. That's a great point. And it's a good good use of the word. Urgency. So they say, let's say they get rid of the filibuster. It would be difficult, but let's just say you you flip cinema and you get mansion. Um, you have it for what? November is 10 months away. <laughs> so you have it for 10 months? You have then, it for a year, technically, till the new senators come till in. the new senators in come in, so you have it for a year. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Fernando? Is that is that worth it? For <sighs> possibly for a year of, of voting getting, rights? Getting, blah, 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 Pass, build that better, triple B. 
and uh, and voting rights. I I think it's worth it. Um, I want to I want to quote something that uh, Adam Gentleson said. He's the author. Gentleson. He's the author of Kill Switch, which is a, a book about the history of the filibuster and Senate dysfunction. And he talks about how. You start to see civil rights bills pass uh, the House in the 1920s, and that's when you consistently see the filibuster used to block them. And that's when everything starts. And Mm -hmm. then when we get later into like the like antebellum era, that's the Jim Crow era. That's when it proved that the filibuster was I mean, it's a sword. A sword can be used for good. A sword can be used for bad. But it happens that the bad guys tend to always get this sword and use it. You know what that I mean? That is a very that's a very good point from Fernando, and that's what another thing that progressives like uh, Nina Turner from Cleveland, Ohio, oh. actually will say about the filibusters. That's mostly used, as Fernando pointed out, historically for racist purposes. The longest mm-hmm. filibuster in history was not good old Ted Cruz reading Green Eggs and Ham in the middle of the night. It was <laughs> Strom true. Thurmond trying to protect segregation. So there you go. Right. Strom Thurmond, of course, a man who you could see him on C-SPAN sleeping. For the last 30 years of his career. And when he was awake, he was just screaming <laughs> yeah. about segregation. That That is one of Al Franken's better impressions was of Strom Thurmond, where he was just like, can, can you talk to the machine? Can you talk to the machine, please? I can't. Can you talk to the machine? So then we get the filibuster for a few. We, I mean, we we take away the filibuster for a little bit. Maybe we're able to see the benefit. Maybe we're able to check out what it'll be like without it. And and get a get an honest uh, an honest opinion on it because right now we're just kind of imagining well, ever since nineteen twenty you know, and another not to not to continually jerk ourselves off like the Spider Man meme uh, where it's just <laughs> Spider Man pointing at Spider Man valid point though Great Fernando man. I have to say this is point counterpoint usually yeah. but this is point 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 Jane you ignorant <laughs> slut Jane oh you said it. Let's say they do pass voting I'm rights, right? Saturday Let's, Night Live. I know Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. Let's say they do pass it. Okay. And all of a sudden, we actually have a election where certain voters that felt disenfranchised or were disenfranchised can now vote. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that ensures the Senate for the Democrats. So if you, so, perhaps it does work out in the long run. Then mm-hmm. uh, that would make removing the filibuster a net political positive. For the Dems. And if you you recall my prediction for 2022, I still think the Dems have a pretty good chance of hanging on to the Senate and even increasing their seats. And we talked about John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. We've got Tim Ryan here in Ohio. I still think Ron Johnson, crazy ass Ron Ron Johnson Johnson from Wisconsin. (laughs) You're a home state of Wisconsin. I think he's just too crazy. As long as the, the Dems in Wisconsin can run someone competent, I Please. think the Dems have a good chance of winning or, you know, keeping the Senate and even winning a few extra seats. But again, will they get the votes, that Voting Rights Act done before that? And will that even help their chances even more? We have to see. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So Congress introduced two voter rights bills. It's the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. So just a couple of things within here. So the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, it would make it illegal for voting rules that discriminate on basis of race, language, or ethnicity, and empower voters to, quote, challenge discriminatory laws. Now, I don't see why this isn't bipartisan. When it comes to, isn't right. that, right. wasn't that the predicus uh, mm-hmm. uh, or the predicate of January 6th? Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh no, the mail in ballots, all this, that, and the other thing. Of course, we're finding out a lot of people uh, voted for Trump multiple times. But even that, <laughs> it's like such, it's like taking a piss in the ocean. It's right. like if you vote twice, it's like, okay, good job. Like it's not <laughs> worth going to jail for. Right. You really aren't affecting anything. So that's the John Lewis Voting uh, Rights Advancement Act. And then they also have the Freedom to Vote Act. So this is S twenty seven forty seven. This is the cur- this is currently in the Senate, and it would solidify comprehensive voter protections. I agree with every single one of these points. So number one, it would include a minimum fifteen days for early voting. Has to happen. Why not? Yeah. Well, everything, everything else, you know, you have a window for everything else. Yeah, exactly. The idea that you have 12 hours every four years to vote for your leaders <laughs> or every two years to vote for your leaders, it's ludicrous. So I'm fine with that. 15 days for early voting. Also, start counting the votes a little bit early. So then we can get to the damn, so we don't have to wait a week and a half from now on. Like election nights, you used to know by 9 p.m. And you'd be like, all right, I can go jerk off and go to bed. But now it's just like, we'll let you know in 2032. Fantastic. (laughs) 15 days early voting, mail-in ballots, no problem with mail-in ballots whatsoever. And making election day a national holiday. I would love that. Um, Make it a national holiday. Give people, uh, you know, a chance to get off of work. Because it's those people, it's the people that, you know, can't go to their boss and say, I'm going to take a long lunch because they're going to be freaking fired. It's those people that work at the Amazon warehouse that aren't Mm -hmm. allowed to go take a Mm -hmm. piss or leave during a tornado. Those are the people that I want voting because those are the people who are dealing with the trickle down effect. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Again, of our late stage capitalist system, our crony corrupt capitalist system. So those are the people that I want to hear from. I don't give a crap what the managers think. And historically, that was the precedent for having Election Day on the first Tuesday of November, was that all the farmers from the rural areas could go into their county seat of government and be able to vote when it when it was harvest time. You know, it wasn't in spring. It was it was practical for especially in our old older school uh, agriculture economy. It was more practical for farmers to go to their county seat of government. Mm-hmm. In November, when you were bringing a harvest and you were prepping for the winter months ahead. Yes, I remember bringing the harvest. I I used to bring so many squash to oh. town square. <laughs> oh, yes, wow. indeed. And it was for a competitive squash eating competition. I was the one who provided the squash. <laughs> if we don't see, if we don't see what you're talking about at major voter reform, I think we're definitely going to see state 
state by state reform. Well, that's for- the interesting thing about this, Fernando. So the bill actually would establish protections for election officials against intimidation and partisan interference to further ensure election integrity. The Freedom to Vote Act would require states to use voting systems with a verifiable paper trail and establish national standards for voter identification. Mm. So this voter ID, I'm sorry, I don't think that's like a particular particularly progressive concern. So this seems like a bipartisan bill to me right, in any right. other era other than the one that we're currently living in. Because, again, people have to kowtow to Twitter and Tucker. It's the T-words. Mm. And that's the problem right now. I think they're because- kowtowing to a different T-word, though. Trump. Ooh, mm. another T-word. Mm. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, you know, I got You it. corrupted me and I don't like it. <laughs> um, when it comes to the idea that states should have the same voting systems. This is one of those areas where the federal government, there's no reason why we should not have a unified way of voting in this country. Now, that being said, I have no problem with the conversations about Dominion. I have no problem with conversations about, you know, what happened in 2004 with John Kerry and George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. These corporations are just as flawed as any other corporation, and they all have political interests as well. Not that anyone in office has anything negative to do with these corporations are making bank on on all sides. 61% of all uh, Merck and Pfizer cash going to Democrats, which is a recent switch. So they know where their bread is buttered. But I don't understand why this would be something that is um, so difficult to pass because when we talk about voter ID again that's very not even bipartisan i think that's more of a right leaning concern and then of course the verifiable paper trail everyone's been asking for that mm-hmm. like why the hell not yeah. why don't you get a receipt when you buy a freaking donut i should have a receipt that says who i voted for when i walk out and i can take my little picture and i say this is proof and then if all of a sudden i find out that my vote wasn't counted the right way uh, then there needs to be a paper trail to follow up and try to figure out what the damn truth is. Exactly. And that's the whole point of this bill. And you're absolutely right. It takes on these bipartisan issues. Republicans have always clamored for, well, we need to make sure everyone is able to vote and uh, that they, they have an ID and that, you know, they're not cheating. That's always been a Republican concern. It addresses that. And then it it addresses a myriad of progressive concerns just in terms of access to voting, right? Mail-in voting, early voting. And the reason you want these protections in at the federal level is exactly what Fernando said. If you start going state by state, some states are going to do it and some states are going to try to make it harder. And that's the reason that's right. happening. you want a federal set of standards. It just, like you said, Ben, it adds a uniform uh, set of standards for every state in terms of how people can vote. Well, and um It looks like it's bipartisan. This is according to a Data for Progress poll. They surveyed 1,300 likely voters between September 17th uh, and September 20th in 2021. They found that 70% of likely voters would support the Freedom uh, to Vote Act. Uh, Republicans support it by 44%, and 85% of Democrats support it. So it seems like a net win. Obviously, it's not over the threshold for Republicans, but I think there's a lot of political. There's just a lot of like, who's proposing it? The Dems? Mm. No. And of course, vice versa. I mean, that's just 
the disgusting tribal nature of American politics at this point where the messenger is more cursed mm-hmm. than the message sometimes. Right. I don't care who the messenger is. If the message is good, I'm like, we'll take that. Now get the hell out of here, please. Mm. Um, I don't care if Ted Cruz all of a sudden came out in favor of voting rights. I'd be like, thank you, Ted. Go Thanks, now. Ted. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> Great. <laughs> go go, go hang back out to Cancun. Wife. Go have fun. <laughs> go back to Cancun. Yeah. But thank you for that. That's a good, you did something good. Well, it's an interesting point because we were talking about the coverage of January 6th, and I did appreciate Joe President Joe Biden's speech. I thought it was one of his more powerful, fiery <laughs> speeches. It really I mean, he looked he looked alive. Yeah, he <laughs> so that like, was good. Well, they they gave him the Fernando makeup job. That is for sure. He looked fantastic <laughs> on that one. Give him the Fernando. Him up, bronzed him up. You know. But voting rights, that's what Joe Biden and uh, Chuck Schumer, when Chuck Schumer spoke on the Senate floor, giving his remarks on the one-year anniversary, both of them commented that in terms of what Fernando said in our last episode, why did January 6th happen? Because people thought their votes were stolen. These Trumpers, they thought right. their votes were stolen. They were subsequently mad that so many votes came in late from counties where Philadelphia, Milwaukee, your bigger cities, obviously, because there's more votes there, that just takes longer to vote. That's why they take so long. Either way, it all comes down to voting rights. Also, it comes down to practicality Mm. get the vote count the vote and then again when it's because the fact i thought that we were like we got all these early votes in this is gonna be sweet election night's gonna be over in 35 minutes i got my guac absolutely not queso (laughs) there's laws you can't wait to start counting you have to wait to start counting change the laws gosh darn it but so all of this ties in though into this other guy who was president for four years before biden who doesn't believe in the election, who's mad about... He believes in it. He just doesn't talk about no, it. No, but he's all, he was mad. You see, he's been mad since 2016 about right. them saying that his election was... That he stole oh, the election. Yes, of course. So it's just an ongoing loop. And that's what he... That's I mean, he released four statements on January Four statements. 6th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think we have some of them here. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> can read a couple. I think Donnie can show up here at some point. Here, hold on. Now. I'm going to have Ted Cruz call him real quick. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Go on, Fernando. So basically, we have the president still denying he's mad that on former Jan- president, yeah, the former president, he's mad that on in 2016, people were calling his election fraudulent. So then when he lost the next ele- election, he makes it so that everyone truly believes his believer, his followers believe that that election is fraudulent and it's just it's continuing well, constant there's there's that aspect of it also but then of course they were planning january 6th for 2017 yeah yeah roger so they stone, were like this stuff roger stone already. had a pack called stop the steal in 2016 it's confirm. all good and they're like oh wait a second god damn it you won <laughs> donnie you messed it up you won yeah, uh, but, cement the steel. Cement the steel is what they so say. Then, so voting rights to Republicans, it's obvious that voting rights are something that they have to kind of control because they're they they truly see it as the if they lose voting rights if they if they lose control of voting rights to the Democrats they truly think they're going to lose everything and they're never coming back from it. Could be, or they think it's a maybe they think it's a political win for the Democrats and are concerned for it uh, because of that as well where they don't want to give the Dems any victories whatsoever. Wow. It could also be. There's a lot that go into it. And sadly, American politics, you just look at A to B and you're like, yeah, why don't we just got to get there? It yeah. makes all the sense in the world. But then there's just a lot of different, uh, just a lot of different variables in between there that you're just like, this is why I hated math. 
Because I'm just like, wait, what? How do you get that? How do you get that at equals fascism? That that's a very good point, Ben. You recall Trump did campaign on getting out of Afghanistan, but then he ended up not doing it because he thought it would be a political loser for him. And then, of course, Biden did it, and he's like, oh, the colossal, the colossal failure. disaster. I mean, granted, <laughs> yeah. they probably shouldn't have left like all that equipment because they did what I did when I left my Brooklyn apartment. But oh, uh, no. I didn't have any tanks. Did you leave in there. the VCR there? Oh god. Yeah, I left the VCR and the record player, <laughs> and a lot of books I got for free from interviewing people when I did Fox News Radio, but. Well, whatever. Who needs the Scotty in book anyway? I'm just joking. It was a fantastic book. He's a great guy. So Donald Trump is with us. Donald, I your first statement. I actually just want to I, I want to go through this with you. Um, okay. So let's just could you just I don't know. Just why don't you just feel free to like repeat your first statement and then let's just try to break it down and see see if if it has any legs. All right. Well, this is my first statement, and I have three more, and I'm very happy to be with you. You're not corrupt. You're not corrupt. No. Thank you're you. Not, you're not like the lamestream media. Well, now you're getting my vote back. Well, <laughs> Due to inept leadership that gave us open borders, COVID incompetence, loss of energy independence, a military in chaos, rampant inflation, corrupt elections, and lack of world standing... No, I'm not talking about my administration. I'm talking about Sleepy <laughs> Joe Biden. Sleepy Our Joe. nation, perhaps for the first time, has lost its confidence. All right. When it comes to COVID incompetence, uh, it is an interesting complaint coming from Donald Trump, of course, given the fact that he himself is in a rock and a hard place. Mm. He can't brag about Operation Warp Speed. He can't even talk about being vaccinated without being tarred and feathered and booed. <laughs> In his own in his own conference. So COVID is one of those interesting if they were ever to debate right now, I think it crosses itself out Uh, when it comes to military and chaos. He literally did the thing as for as Travis said uh, that Trump ran on, which is getting the Mm -hmm. hell out of Afghanistan. Could it have been done better? Sure. Um, But then again, a lot of things can be. Uh, And of course, when it comes to criticisms of Joe Biden, there's a bunch of them, but it doesn't negate how horrible so much of the things that donald trump did were as well so when it comes to people criticizing biden on immigration one of the most interesting things Mm, about it mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. that the people who should be criticizing him are the cnn's of the world msnbc's of the world but they're completely quiet i mean we have more people dead now in covid from covid in 2021 and there's no ticker on cnn Mm. anymore right so there are reasons uh to be upset with the Biden administration, none of which are the reasons why these people are upset with the Biden administration. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump uh, talked about, and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene as well, talked about how Biden is too soft on immigrants, despite the fact, again, that we have 7,000 more people detained under Biden's administration than we did under Trump's. So, their criticisms. Is it weird to say if you're Joe Biden, like, what do you say when people say you're soft on immigration? You can't be like, well, oh, listen here, corn pop. I got seven, <laughs> I got 7,000 more. more. I got 50% more yeah. people in prison since I took off. It's like, how do you like broach this topic? And then how do you incarcerate more people than your predecessor and even have the stay in Mexico thing now in place and still get shit on for not being tough enough on immigration. But then you have the left wing 
who doesn't want to talk about it at all because right. it obviously reflects mm. poorly on their boy Joel. Right. It's just a strange political pickle. I think it's to his benefit personally because he he isn't getting his fan base isn't hearing it because CNN's not talking about it, blah, blah, blah. And then to the Republicans, you know, he can say, I don't know what you're talking about. Look at look at how many more more of them I put in jail. I mean, you can still the funding still comes. The prison industrial complex still pays its bills. So is this how they get the suburbs? Is this how Dems hold the suburbs? He's getting basically the shadow like it's like both ends. It's what both I talk ends. about, yeah. eating eating your cake and having it by enema too. He's Ooh. getting he's really getting both ends of the bonus because hmm. CNN's he's not getting rotisserie with cake. <laughs> That's a lot of cake. They're not pointing out what he's doing wrong, and the other and he's he, and more people are going in jail. It's working out for him. Wow. Yeah. Joe's getting the best of both worlds. I was hmm. going to say he's he's kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place because I feel like. The Republicans, you know, they're going out with this. You saw it as number one talking point for Trump in his statement on January 6th. When I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene on OAN, that was her first statement that Joe Biden's disastrous open borders policies. Um, So it's almost like the Republicans, even though objectively, as we see in the reports, Joe is tougher on immigration than Trump. They're still not going to give him that that win anyway. And then it's like Ben pointed out, if this news trickles out to your progressive base, then they don't like it either. So I'm almost thinking he's in a lose-lose spot. Yeah, I think it's a lose-lose spot. It's also like another sign, as I talk about it on this show like all the time, have a little confidence in yourself. Mm. If everyone got to vote, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of marginalized communities, undocumented people. New York State is, or New York City, rather, is going to allow residents to vote, which I'm a fan of. Yes. And my father is still just a resident. He's been here for fucking 45 years. You know, he's more wow. American uh, than anyone I know to a fault. I mean, despite the <laughs> fact, well, what? I'm more American. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more American <laughs> than no, dad. No. Yeah, you just said you bleed red and then sometimes white and you add a little blue. And put drops of blue and white in it. It's more of a paint, more of a paint situation. <laughs> you should get that checked out. <laughs> yes. But what's to say that some of the people uh, that would now be able to vote because of the voting rights laws, whether it be because they have a national holiday, they actually have time to vote. They're able to vote because they're a resident and may, perhaps they're not officially a citizen, air quotes, despite the fact uh, that they've been here forever, paid taxes forever, mm-hmm. have worked here forever. And th- there is no path to freaking citizenship unless you're the daughter or son of royalty, basically. So damn expensive and insane. Mm-hmm. Truly. So what's to stop them from looking at Biden and being like, oh, yeah, thanks for we got it. Thanks for the voting rights. And we're going to go with the Republicans because at least they tell us they hate us. Hmm. I mean, what's to stop them from looking at the evidence and be like, I guess it was actually better under Donnie. I don't know. Despite the fact, of course, I don't believe that it, it you know, rhetoric from the White House does matter. But what's to stop people from these groups? Again, the Hispanic community, a lot of Catholics, a lot mm-hmm. of very religious mm-hmm. people. Um Sometimes there the, the a lot of there's some homophobia. I mean, Fernando, you oh, can oh, speak more. Yeah. Than that, you know, so what's to stop them from voting Republican? Nothing, right? So, Truly, nothing. Like right. you know, Hispanics showed up in greater numbers for Trump in 2020 than they did in 2016. So you're absolutely right. There's there's enough issues that Republicans are hitting. There are Hispanics who come to this country legally, who are working. You know, they probably they probably resonate a lot with those conservative messages. Yeah. What that tells me is that Republicans are completely disconnected from their base. You have two you have two Republican parties. You have the Republican Party in charge that's very that's very wealthy 
and very disconnected from what actually is going on. Oh, absolutely. And then you have the Republican, the actual working Republican, the yeah. ones you're talking about, the, you know, the mm. Latinos for Trump, those, the working Republicans, they think they're part of that upper tier Republican, but in reality, they're part of this, you know, they're part of the, the service class like every other Demo- you same, know, service class Democrat. And, and same things with the, uh, you know, with, with some of the, with some of the whites who uh, live in lower economic circumstance, you know, they'll vote against their best interest because, because it's a white guy or uh, because that person doesn't like the same person that they like or, or that, they, that they dislike. Again, uh, it's a sad world when disapproval ratings are more indicative of someone's potential political success as opposed to approval ratings. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a negative world in politics in many ways. There's a great article in the Texas Tribune about uh, the number of undocumented immigrants in detention centers. Uh, as I believe Travis said, it has increased 50% since Biden took office. Uh, they tell this story about Juan Arena. He's a construction worker. He has now been incarcerated for, I believe, 11 months. And um, there's no process in sight for him to uh, to get out. Uh, he said goodbye to his wife and two stepchildren in San Antonio. Uh, he had a white Chevy pickup truck with his work crew of five men that went to do a renovation job. And his crew didn't make it to the job site because Border Patrol agents pulled them over near uh, Uvalda after someone called the nearby Border Patrol station to report a pickup truck with, quote, a group of illegal aliens. Oh, man. So they definitely got a call from a from some Karen. I was going to say a Karen, but I'm trying not to just some freaking I'm just going to use the word bitch again. Bitch is the word of the day. Some bit. There's a group of illegal aliens on this on this truck <laughs> going going to do a cons- going to work construction. Uh, the amount of racism and profiling that had to go into that all every right. person involved in that everything. Every, they were, yeah, they everything. were probably working on her house. Probably. Oh, no. It's disgusting. And again, they were going to fucking work. I'm working on my house now. This sounds like a rich person thing, but. Um, and it's amazing. People work really freaking hard. People yeah. who work with their hands. I'm like, thank you. How do you do that again? My hands are soft. <laughs> Good for the dogs. So she said she saw a group of illegal aliens. Again, the term illegal aliens. It's like, how small is your world when you call someone who it's like they're one foot away from you? Like, that's an alien. That's a goddamn alien. That's a goddamn alien. It's like, <laughs> no, they're, they're no, no, that's an earthling. I promise you that that's a earthling. <laughs> Uh, what about that? All right, hold on. That that's an alien, ma'am. That's an iguana. Don't that's don't an call iguana. Ah, god dang it! That iguana uh, looks stoned. Uh, he, he looks, he's going to vote. He's going to steal my vote. I mean, iguanas always kind of look stoned. They're cute. <laughs> that's why I like hanging out with iguanas, man. So this random psycho calls uh, border patrol. There's a group of illegal aliens, and the and the the, the 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 they are like, holy hell, we got aliens here right. from Mars. Oh my god, this is huge. Well, they show up, and it's just Reina. And um, and his crew, there was no weapon found. Uh, I'm sorry, there was a weapon found, but it wasn't his. And um, they have no idea who the gun belongs to. Again, who gives a shit? He's an undocumented immigrant from Mexico. He's taken into custody by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. He has remained there for 11 months as he fights the government's efforts to deport him. Uh, the Mexican state uh, that he left more than two decades ago so they wanted to report him to nueva leon nuevo leon no, thank you fernando and he's been here for 20 <laughs> freaking years he hasn't been charged with a crime i mean it's just insane reina said in a phone interview from his detention center well actually you want to read this quote you can read it in your accent 
Oh, that's that's. <laughs> I don't know. Get the makeup, Char- ladies. Are you, you're a character actor. <laughs> uh, how do you know he has an accent? I'm going to fight back against this, Ben. Maybe he speaks perfect English. All right, I, fine. Then I'll I'm read an, it. I'm a resident alien, and I speak with no accent. Or I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you're in middle middle no, America, no, I have an accent. Fine, fine. I'll do it. I just want to be free and appreciate time with my family. I feel sad because my wife is going through a hard time and she doesn't have my support because I'm inside. That's and so it's sad. very sad. It's so sad. It's just sad. So, see, it's when just I did sad. it, it wasn't sad. When I did it, it was just a, a, a news anchor that hadn't shat in five months. Um, <laughs> an estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants are currently in the U.S., including 1.6 million in Texas. So this is a great example of how does it happen? How do you get pulled over? How do you end up mm, in a detention center? Right, right. You're driving to work. With your coworkers. And one of them has a gun for some reason. Whatever. Yeah. It's America. Mm-hmm. It's Texas. Okay. The, and they have to probably literally probably shoot a coyote every now and again. If we pulled over everyone with a gun in this country, it would be like, there's a lot. Right. There's a lot. So I don't even care about all of that. That's That to me is like two different realities. If it was a white person and they were like, we found a gun, they'd be like, thank God he had a gun. <laughs> I love these whites with guns. So who cares? But this is how it happens. So you wake up one morning. You got a wife. You got a couple of stepkids. Maybe you give her a kiss. Maybe she kisses you back a little bit. (laughs) Maybe you have some romantic sex in the shower. (laughs) I have no idea how people start their day. They have kids. They are not. And it's also probably like 430 in the morning because you have to be up. He's going to work. (laughs) Whatever. Either way, you start your day. You have sex with your wife. And then you're driving with your boys and you're like, oh, we got to go to work. Maybe you stop by donkeys. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you got some random ass fucking see you next Thursday, which, of course, is a very mean woman with a with a lisp, a cunt. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're detained for 11 freaking months. Like you literally like you've been abducted. He is. And I this, mean, who's the alien here? The people who are getting abducted or the people who are abducting. And this man, Mr. Reina, is just one of many, many people because of the way immigration law works. They are not they do not see the same judges that a criminal sees the a resident. Uh, that's a right. Criminal as a scenes. citizen. Yes, yep, absolutely. Because an illegal, uh, a person that's an illegal alien, a legal resident, they they are subject to immigration laws, which are much stricter. They have their own set of rules and they have their yeah. own set of judges, which is really important. And that's also something yeah. that that Joe Biden can kind of live off of because, you know, he can change federal laws. He can change state laws, but he never messes with immigration laws. And, you know, he gets the best of both worlds. According again. to Reina's lawyer, Catherine Russell, she says. We did have the hope for the Biden administration that they would at (laughs) least very significantly limit or lessen the use of immigration detention. Unfortunately, that does not seem to have happened whatsoever. So it'd be nice if uh, we were able to hold his feet to the fire when it comes to this is a campaign promise that we all kind of thought was like, okay, (sighs) this has to happen. Trump's racist. Look at all the Remember the border. Where is it? Mm. I hate media. I hate the media so much. <laughs> it's worse now, and we need to focus on it. It's horrible. Uh, this is a memo. This uh, was a memo written by the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He says the civil immigration enforcement guidance does not compel an action to be taken or not taken. Instead, the guidance leaves the exercise of prosecutorial discretion to the judgment of our personnel, which hmm. basically means. We're not going to handle this. Hands to God. We don't deal with this. 
call definition of passing the buck. And when your job is, when your boss tells you, hey, you got to make sure you catch it. When you have a quota to fill, you are going to make the decision to arrest somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, geez, this is according to uh, Samira Hafiz, uh, policy director for the Immigrant Legal Resource Center. They say President Biden has so far failed to be bold on immigration, despite promises to the contrary. And I actually like the use of the word bold there because rational, compassionate immigration reform is bold. It is. It has to be. Building a fucking wall, all of this rhetoric that, again, it's fear. anyone who donated to Bannon, I'm sorry, it went to building another buffet in the Chinese <laughs> yacht that he liked to vacation in. That's not bold. Like this idea of like, you know, hyper masculinity, pseudo masculinity, real men don't act like that. Where it's like, we're going to beat them down, beat them down, hit them again, hit them in the head, make sure they get thrown into the cop car all rough. That's not bold. That's such pussy shit. It is bold to take steps in a more humane direction when it comes to immigration. So I like that they said that word, Samira Hafiz. Uh, They go on to say, by ceding all policy decisions on enforcement to ICE, agents, the administration is on track to recreate the immigration enforcement nightmares of the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Yep. Raina just goes on to say, he's, he literally says, I believe in God and I have faith in God. Even if this ICE officer told me I'm going to be in a de- detention longer, he asked me if I was ready to go back to Mexico. I told him no, because I have my whole life here, my wife, kids, and my job. He crossed the border in 1998. 20 years ago, almost. Leave More this man, leave this man alone. Ugh. What is this doing? And now we have a family that is separated from a father. We have a th- he has a 13-year-old son. He has a 9-year-old daughter. If you were a 13-year-old son, man, right. what's a 13-year-old boy once? Okay. Pissed off. A lot of testosterone. I used to do crazy things, man. And I had a father at home. Thankfully, he was gone at night. <laughs> Truck driver. <laughs> but now you have a 13-year-old kid. He's fatherless. He's pissed off. He's pissed at the state. Who do you, where do you take, what do you do? You have a mother with two kids. How is she going to raise these kids? Where's she going to make money from? in the middle of a GD pandemic. Yeah. It's like, if you're a 13 year old boy and you're pissed off at ice, who do you take it out on? You're going to do gang gang. You, start, you might. You, you become anti, anti, you know, anti-establishment. Of course. You, you, you have to. Because the establishment kidnapped your father. Caught men in uniform become the enemy in those situations. And then that crime with crime. So it's just it's really sad. Apparently, the Texas border security budget has allocated seven hundred and fifty million dollars to wall construction that has now become uh, law. And I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely out of favor of like some like border. I mean, obviously, we need borders. It's not about that. It's just like, what do we do? How this in the case that we just discussed, he's here, he's settled, he's making money, he's paying taxes, he has a house, he has a family, he's a wife. That's not what we're talking about Mm -hmm. when we talk about the dangers of people crossing our border for terrorist reasons. Right. That's he's not one of them. He's not even close. He's not even close. Actions matter. And this person's actions have shown that he just loves America. Mexico is immensely dangerous and he can't have the life that he wants there. Mm-hmm. He needs He's technically to hear. living the American dream. That's right. And by living the American dream, thank you for painting my damn house. Mm-hmm. 
and here's some cash. I bet you if you gave him a social security number, he'd pay taxes. 100%. Well, he probably, he does already pay taxes. Uh, I mean, ITIN or through his employer. or just Anytime through, he goes to the freaking store. Uh, he Definitely. Those kids yeah. are buying stuff. That family, you know? they're paying sales tax. They're paying employment, you know. Yes, so, absolutely, Ben. Another reason, perhaps, if the Dems have any backbone whatsoever, if they did pass filibuster reform, get... Uh, you know, voting rights through, and then perhaps they could figure out a rational path to citizenship because uh, this country, it is, people are having less kids than ever. The Pope said that's a problem, but the Pope (laughs) never fucked. Can you believe the Catholic Pope said that people should have children? And I'm like, you're an incel. He doesn't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? (laughs) If you looked at a vagina, you'd throw up. What are you talking about? <laughs> is that what that is? Is that what that is? Let your priests marry. Shut the fuck up, Pope. That really pissed me off. He was like, dogs are no replacement for kids. I'm like, shut up. You're the Pope. Go have a kid then, you old bald bag. You old hairy balls. If he even has any. So I guess that's the question. Filibuster. Maybe they could pass something with immigration. Pass voting rights. Maybe we could have a year of two things getting done. <laughs> yeah, which would be a which would be a miracle. Would, yeah, yeah a record. Be a, That'd a, be a record. Huge step forward. But then the Dems are just so scared to do anything. Hmm. They just feel like I think they all feel like if we do do something, they're not. They might not like it. Everyone, just do something. It's it's those career politicians just trying to keep their job, Ben. Yes, that's the issue. Yes, of course. As we talked about last episode. All these, they just want to invest in their markets. Mm-hmm. That Pelosi. That Cinema's Nancy. more worried about her own job than her constituents. They took our job. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Psst. Hey, it's me, your barista. So you know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Yeah, well, I might be putting myself out of a job by telling you this, but now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. With three new foaming flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, who could blame you if you stopped coming in altogether? Yeah, it's that foaming delicious. You're welcome. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, now in stores. It's foaming delicious. All right. Well, just lastly here. Well, actually, not lastly, almost lastly. I want to talk about this Philadelphia correctional officer story. So, again, as we talk about what trickles down is the cost. No one's making enough money. And when it comes to criminal justice reform, when it comes to prison industrial complex reform, when it comes to prison reform, corrections officers, they need to be treated humanely as well because humanity trickles down. Mm-hmm. There's this gal, Heather Malloy. Uh, she was a uh, she was a corrections officer for 18 years. She works 16 hour work days. Uh, evidently, people are just quitting in droves. The jails lost. Uh, this is in Philly. The jails lost 500 corrections staff during the pandemic. She only makes 20 bucks an hour per shift. 
and they have mandatory overtime assignments, oh. which is just not, oh. and it's not overtime. It's just regular time. Um, several described uh, experiencing panic attacks on the job. And uh, apparently Malloy joined the exodus of 25 workers each month who had been leaving the jobs in the city jail complex in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, some were going to be there forever. And they were like, well, I'm just going to do this and retire and get my little you know, pension or whatever. But they just couldn't hack it. And I think this is another reason why, again, the jails and prisons in this country are so horrible. You look at what happened with Epstein with those two fat fucks falling asleep. And then until I see the Grim Reaper walk through his door, a.k.a. Uh, Bob William Barr, uh, yeah. I'll just I'll call it a suicide. Um, just because I know how horribly these prisons are operated and everyone's like, how could these prison guards fall asleep for eight hours? It's like they might have. Yeah, that's what they do. They might have been really exhausted. And it was a white guy. who There was that they're exhausted. And then also like, that's what prison guards do. They're not like no one is. I think people have this idea that everyone goes to work and they're like, I'm going to do this 110 today. Most of the time, you're lucky if you can get 20. (laughs) 20 percent is like pretty good for a uh, for an employee. Of course, not here at LPN. Our employees do 135%. I work a lot, Ben. Mm. You do work Mm. a lot. Thank you. I work very little, but I'll take it. Thank you. That's fantastic. That's great. So COVID-19 has created challenges with both hiring and retention as long-term employees and potential new hires are opting to pursue other professions that offer the option of working from home or in less challenging environments. So right now, she said there's 48 cadets scheduled to graduate in the spring. And they are going to be working with 4,400 inmates in five prison facilities. So it's going to be like difficult. And when we, you know, it's uh, this is according to the Associated Press and the Marshall Project. Um, Pennsylvania's department prisons reported a 6.4% vacancy rate for officer positions. So um, there's a real humanitarian crisis obviously happening here. And it's going to lead to God knows how much violence when it comes to our prison system. So you get, um, you know, sentenced like that poor truck driver. You still got 10 to 20 years for committing it for an accident. The next thing you know, you go to a prison and there's zero security guards or zero COs. Not that they help you anyway, but theoretically they should at least provide the mirage of security. And next thing you know, you're thrown into the gen pop. Uh, Good luck, man. It's freaking brutal. I looked into that that truck driver case. He was going about 90 miles per hour in a place where he was supposed to go about 15 miles per hour. Yeah, because uh, his brakes broke. But that whole section, he should have been going slower overall. You know, I, I, right. I guess. My, again, right. your dad's a truck driver. My dad did truck driving, too. I kind of like, you know, I kind of tried to see it from both ends. Okay. So, you know, I mans- it, it was a manslaughter charge. 110 okay. years, bad. 10 years, it's manslaughter. You did okay. you did kill some people. Manslaughter. But what it, along with violence, what will happen, what will be the result of, of correctional officers leaving in droves is that uh, more businesses will come into prisons, Ben. Like what's happening. Well, they already right, have. Even more, though, like what's happening right now in New Mexico. Dude, tell this story. So this story is absolutely insane because we talked about mm. this with the last Prisoner Project when it comes to our letter campaign. Yes. I love writing your prisoners. Yeah. I, I, I have a... I've I, seen the letters you sent. <laughs> I have a friend who unfortunately uh, <laughs> is in prison right now. And so I, I tried to write to him and the letters got rejected. And what I learned is that starting February 1st, uh, New Mexico prisons will no longer accept personal mail. 
So That's in, unbelievable. So in order for you to write to someone who is in, imprisoned in New Mexico, you have to send it to a PO box in Florida. In Florida? Uh, yes. And a company in Florida scans this letter ah. and then sends it to your inmate oh within God. 48 hours. So there's just more money. So they just found a way to get cash. At $3.50 an inmate uh, per letter at $3.50 an inmate. Oh so my God! Of, so they charge the inmate. Well, they're I mean, the, they're charging somebody. If they're not charging it's the probably inmate, the inmate. Yeah, they're charging the family. They're charging somebody. The family, yeah. And then, and their logic. I understand. I kind of understand their logic, though. They're saying because right now, when you send a letter to an inmate, an officer, a CEO, has to inspect it, has to read it check it for contraband check to see if you soak the paper in drugs or something sure and th so it's taking man hours so it's related to that story you just talked about in philly these companies these prisons who are companies they're just trying to find ways to save money on man hours and the that's cost a good is, point the cost is us the cost is the humans the cost is you know and um it i, I that's it the cost is humans yeah well it's extremely disappointing to hear that's coming out of new mexico because Gary Johnson, former governor of New Mexico, who I worked on both of his campaigns, 2012, 2016, he would never let that happen. The entire reason that I met John Kiriakou, who was on our fantastic episode from oh, last yes. year, because he was working on Gary Johnson's campaign, because guess what? Gary Johnson wrote John Kiriakou a letter in prison and told him as a former governor that he thought John really got the shaft on wow. the espionage act so the whole reason we even know john kiriaku is because the former governor of new mexico wrote him a letter in prison i am absolutely against this entire thing of banning letters i am prisons. as well so there's eight state-run prison facilities they will no longer be able to receive personal mail new mexico corrections uh, corrections department spokesperson eric harrison said is yeah as fernando said it's for safety reasons which is a pretty catch-all. He says it's really an attempt to curb introduction of contraband. Of course, it's just so this this it's just so this company can make a little bit of money off the teat of the prison industrial complex, uh, and also when it comes to drugs, most of them are being smuggled in through security guards anyway, <laughs> or you know during visitation they'll find a but way. But then they'll take don't say that because they'll take away visitations, Ben. And, well, they probably already have. Well, they, yeah. And now the only way uh, for you to see a lot of these people, especially after COVID, is uh, through a pay system. So you have to pay for them to get access to an iPad, and then you have to pay per minute, and you have to pay a connection charge, and you have to pay to have a subscription with the company that provides a service. Also, I think it's just very funny that they're going to send it to Florida to make sure there's no drugs in it. Well, it's, if there weren't, if there weren't any, exactly, if there weren't <laughs> drugs in it before, <laughs> you just wait. So yes, uh, the state is paying the company. The state is paying the company three dollars and fifty cents per inmate each month. Each month. So this is a state contract. That's, What's the name of this industry? Mm, uh, What's it called? What's the name of this company? They don't say. I actually think they've uh, they've very very smartly. Not mention the name of the company because this company they, they just got a massive they just got a massive state deal. So about thirteen thousand dollars a month for until further notice. Oh, more than that! Wow. But it's not just New Mexico. Evidently, in Pennsylvania in 2019, this is a great article from The Intercept entitled Federal Prisons Switch to Scanning Mail, mm. uh, which is a surveillance nightmare. Uh, this is a federal prison, federal prisons in 
Pennsylvania. Uh, basically, what happened in 2019, there was a facility. It was the United States Penitentiary Cannon. They replaced physical mail with photocopies in 2019. This is Joe. He used to trace his girlfriend's handwriting with his finger as the faint smell of perfume wafted into his cell. Her letters elicited rare feelings of intimacy in an otherwise <laughs> cold environment. So this is a letter that Joe would get. This is according to the Intercept article. Um, he says now, you know what he says it's like? It's just like receiving a fake dollar bill. Mm. You get a, a copy of a copy of a copy. Over the past two years, dozens of facilities across the Federal Bureau of Prisons, or BOP, which oversees approximately 156,000 people and 122 facilities, have adopted policies of photocopying mail and withholding the originals from the recipients. So this has been going on for a long time. Uh, USP, again, United States Prison Canada, is one of the 33 federal facilities in 18 states using prison staff to scan mail in-house. So that's being done in-house. And now it looks like New Mexico is the first facility to go to Florida and get a private company to do it. Um, So again, just more inhumane treatment of human beings. Uh, Again, you know, Larry Nassar, God knows. I don't give a shit. But then you have some people in there, as we hear about constantly, that are doing 20, 30, 40, 50 years, for things that are now legal in many states. so Sounds um, like a good business opportunity if you're into that right now. It really does. <laughs> you know, just set up a system, have them write to you, and you mail it right out to them. Uh, the BOP did not respond to the intercepts questions about the expand of mail guard. So I think it's called mail guard. Advocates for incarcerated people w- warn that mail guard which is being used in county jails and state prisons, is chilling communications between incarcerated people and their loved ones. It's so sad. Uh, Quinn Cousins say it's a surveillance on a scale that we have never really seen before in U.S. prisons. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's money. I think that it's purely money. Yep. It's purely a money. The, this this sure. company approached them and said, "You, it's tit for tat. You scratch our back, we scratch your back, and you get to you. You get you just say it's contraband. Just say it's contraband, and boom, we both make money." Yeah, well, you're back there. Could you also pop a couple of zits? That'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's just going on. Uh, federal prisons in Illinois, South Dakota, Pennsylvania, Alabama, North Carolina, Kentucky, Cali, Georgia, Texas, Minnesota, Mississippi. Colorado, West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, New York, and New Jersey. Wow. Scan mail in-house. Um, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Land wow. of the free. We got to do better. That's all that we can say on that. And just lastly, lastly, um, it looks like Matt Gates's ex-buddy, Joel Greenberg, he's going to be on an episode of American Greed. <laughs> Matt Gates, uh, if you watch his responses to January 6th, you just see what an unbelievable grifter scumbag he is. And who knows? Again, it's an ongoing federal investigation and uh, into Gates. Who knows what the hell happens with that? I hopefully that man, there is no reason that Matt, can you imagine being a constituent of Matt Gates and be like, that's my leader? Really? That guy, (laughs) the guy that I would, you know, pummel him figuratively to death at a game of Papa shot. I would destroy him (laughs) if it was a bar and we had Papa shot. You know, Papa shot basketball, mm, basketball okay. game. Okay. Papa shot, Papa shot. Okay, freaking crushing Papa shot. Don't even worry about it. Gates said uh, he told the Pensacola ABC affiliate that uh, Matt Gates. He said, "When I became aware of some of Greenberg's misdeeds, I deeply regretted my friendship with him." Mm. <laughs> oh. So he oh. didn't even, like. It's just such a self-serving bitchy ass way to. 
Uh, whatever. He has to pay, what, $2 million in restitution to yeah. the county? So we'll keep you up to date. What does the Joel Greenberg situation have to do with Matt Gates? And I'm sh- there's going to be some big Gates, Gates, Gate, Gate, whatever. That, this, is, 2020, this is is this our first episode of 2022? It is. No, second. Oh, oh no, you're right. We just we just had one. Yes. We just had one. Yeah. It's already been a long year. Yeah. I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> I need time off, Ben. I need time off. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll keep you up to date on what goes on with Gates and Greenberg. But just lastly, here we go. We got Donald Trump. Donnie, one more quote from January 6th for his buddy. I have one correction to make for you with the lamestream media, Ben Kissel. Okay. I never said I was fully vaccinated. I said I was fully vacationated. I'm on full-time vacation here in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I only pop out for weddings and bar mitzvahs. Thank you very well, much. Well, that, that is just fantastic. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We will talk to you very soon. Hail yourselves. Have a wonderful weekend. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Psst. Hey, it's me, your barista. So you know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Yeah, well, I might be putting myself out of a job by telling you this, but now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. With three new foaming flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, who could blame you if you stopped coming in altogether? Yeah, it's that foaming delicious. You're welcome. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, now in stores. It's foaming delicious.